0: We turn to number 299 in the Psalter hymnal as we prepare to hear God's Word this morning. Number 299, O Lord, Thou art my God and King, and I will ever bless Thy name. I will extol Thee every day, and evermore Thy praise proclaim. We're going to sing just verses 1 through 5, the first five verses of 299. Let's stand together as we sing. This morning God's word comes to us from 2nd Peter chapter 3 2nd Peter 3 and we'll be reading just the first 10 verses of this chapter 2nd Peter chapter 3 beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. We live in a very instant society. Perhaps this morning for breakfast, some of you had instant breakfast. Uh, Gone are the days of eggs and bacon and toast and pancakes. Now it is powder in a glass of milk. We have instant breakfast. Uh, Maybe, children, you're going to go home after church and Mom's going to make dinner for you. And uh, she's going to make, perhaps, a roast and some vegetables and mashed potatoes. Now, when I grew up, my mom made mashed potatoes potatoes. She would wash the potatoes, she would peel the potatoes, she'd boil the potatoes, and then she would physically mash the potatoes. Today, it's flakes in a bowl of water, instant mashed potatoes. And probably for dessert, you might have instant pudding. You don't even know, kids, what real pudding is. Only instant pudding. We live in a very immediate, instant society. Think about our communication back in the old days. If someone moved from one state to another or from the Midwest to the West Coast or the East Coast, their communication was by handwritten letter. And it would take days for that correspondence to go on. Today, it's email. This past week, I communicated with people in Iowa, Michigan, Phoenix, uh, Indiana, And it was done by email. And and if that's not fast enough, just take out your phone and you can do a text message. Instant communication. We live in a very instant society. We get um, flyers in the mail from the local bank. Loans approved while you wait. Just come in and we'll we'll give you the money. Uh, Very, very instant. And I think all of this immediacy tends to give us a sense of impatience. We have gotten used to having things when we want them right now. You know, we go to the grocery store, and we have to wait in line for two or three people ahead of us, and we get impatient. We might even try to sneak to that you know 10 and under lane with 11 items, perhaps. That's how impatient we are. We, we want things to happen on our time schedule, and that time schedule is immediate. Of all people, believers should not be impatient, but patient, because our God is a patient God. We've been talking about the attributes of God, and this morning we talk about God's patience the fact that God is a patient God and how that connects with God's love and the fact that He is slow to anger. God is so patient. And this attribute of God, while bringing glory to Him, also is a blessing for us as well. Being patient. Patience is part of God's very nature. We know that God revealed Himself to us in the Old Testament And we have looked a couple different times in this series at Exodus chapter 34. And I'm going to read from there once again, Exodus 34 from verse 5. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Moses says, tell me who you are. And God says, I will show you my name, the Lord, the Lord. Merciful, gracious, slow to anger. God is a God who is patient. The psalmist in many places picks up references to God's patience. Maybe just write down this reference to Psalm 86, verse 15. In Psalm 86, verse 15, we read this, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Slow to anger. Perhaps many of us growing up memorized parts of Psalm 103, where we read this again. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever. Our God, by His very nature, is a patient God. He is a God who is slow to anger, The prophets speak about that. When the prophets come and warn of God's judgment, they also remind people of God's patience. I'm thinking of the prophet Joel, and in Joel chapter 2, we read this. After warning of God's judgment that will come, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Our God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We speak of his loving kindness toward his people. His patience, uh, sometimes referred to as his long-suffering, God bears, God suffers long with His people. I love that word, long-suffering. It reminds us, even in our own lives, it takes work to be patient. There is a suffering involved. We have to expend ourselves, and patience is so hard for us. So hard for us to wait. It's hard for us to wait, isn't it, children? We get so excited about what's going to happen. Maybe, children, you're looking forward to your birthday, and you just can't wait for your birthday. Or, you know, we're getting to that time of year, we're looking forward to Thanksgiving, and then we're looking forward to Christmas, and we just can't wait for these things to happen. Uh, perhaps as, as older children, as, uh, as young people, we were busy in school, and we're looking forward to graduation, to the next thing the Lord has for us after that. It's so hard for us to wait. Uh, but God, God waits God is a patient God. We see examples of that um, throughout the Scriptures. Think of when God came to Noah. And God came to Noah and told him he was going to send a flood to destroy the earth. What did God say to Noah? And I'm going to send that flood tomorrow. He didn't say that. God says, I'm going to wait 120 years before that flood comes. God is patient. He is long suffering. We think of Israel Israel, who is taken out of captivity, they are brought into the desert, and almost immediately, They start complaining against God. Oh, we wish we could go back to Egypt. We wish to go back to the food back there and our life back there. And they complain and complain. And God warns them. God warns them of His judgment. And even through the monarchy, they complain and ongoing things happen. And God waits. God waits before He brings His judgment. Almost 900 years between the time they leave, cap- leave captivity and are taken again into captivity. God is patient, long-suffering. In fact, that's why, one of the reasons why, the prophet Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. God told Noah, go to Nineveh and preach about what's going to happen. And of course we know Jonah goes the other way first and then finally God brings Jonah back and Jonah goes to Nineveh and he preaches and the people repent and they confess their sins. And and Jonah says, this is exactly what I said. God, you are patient. I knew you were long-suffering. I knew you wouldn't destroy them. God is patient, long-suffering. Now we know... By reading the prophet Nahum that later Nineveh would be destroyed come under God's judgment but that would be 100 years after Jonah preaches to Nineveh God is patient he is long-suffering this is his very nature why is God so patient God is patient, not because he in any way excuses sin. We might say, we might say well, you know, God, he says he's going to come, he's going to judge, but it just never happens. Maybe God doesn't care that much about sin. That's what the scoffers were talking about. The scoffers referred to in 2 Peter 3, there's going to be scoffers who come in the last days scoffing, saying, where is this promise coming? You keep saying God's going to come in judgment, but it hasn't happened yet. Maybe God doesn't care. Maybe He won't come again. God's patience should never be confused with God's indulgence of sin. God is terribly angry about the sin that we commit. No, we can't say that God is patient because He is overlooking or excusing our sin. Rather, it's just the opposite. God is patient so that we might come to repentance of our sin. Look at verse 8, verse 8 of chapter 3. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance. God is patient, not because he indulges sin, but that we might turn from our sin, repent of our sin, flee to Jesus Christ, and know the forgiveness of our sin. We go on to, to, we didn't read this part, but verse 15, we read there, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. We're not exactly sure what the reference of Paul is here, but I would suggest it may be very likely a reference to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, where Paul says this, But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Paul says, I was shown patience. Paul, the persecutor of the church, Paul, the violent man, I was shown patience as an example to you. If God could be patient with me and bring me to repentance, he can do the same for you. God is still patient today. The day of judgment has not happened yet. But we may not presume upon the patience of God saying it's never going to happen. We may not be like the scoffers saying, Where is this coming you keep talking about? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to hear the call to repent and believe in Jesus Christ because God is patient, He is still waiting patiently waiting for each and every one of his own to repent of their sins and to turn to him. God's patience is a blessing for us. God calls you today. If you have never before placed your faith in Jesus Christ, he is still patient. Today is the day of salvation. Put your faith, your hope, your trust in him. Repent, turn to Christ, and know the joy of salvation. God's patience is a blessing for those who have not yet believed, for they are called to repent and put their faith in Him. God's blessing, God's patience is a blessing for those who do know Him. We think of of those perhaps in our own families, those who are close to us, who are wayward, and yet God is patient. God has not come with His final judgment yet, and so we continue to pray. We pray for our loved ones, our sons, our daughters, our parents, our cousins. We pray for them who do not yet know the Lord, that in this time of God's patience, they might turn. They might repent and know the glories of belonging to Jesus Christ. God's patience is a blessing for us as believers when we think about the fact that we know salvation, we know God's call, for us to live holy lives. And yet we look at our lives and we say, I only have such a small beginning of the obedience God requires of me. I have so far to go in my sanctification. It can be discouraging for us. But God is patient. He continues to work with us. By His Spirit, He feeds that desire to move to the path of godliness. And He is patient with us as we we take those ever so small steps in obedience toward Him. Isaiah 42 says, A bruised reed He will not break, a smoldering wick He will not snuff out, God knows the desire of our hearts, and if that desire is to grow in our godliness, He is patient with us as His Spirit works in us to conform us to His ways, patient with us in the progress of our sanctification, knowing God's patience, a blessing for the unbeliever that they might repent, a blessing for the believer that God is still patient as He works with us. Yes, we have a patient God, a long-suffering God, But his patience while being long-suffering, his patience while being great, is not infinite. Back to chapter 3 of Second Peter. We read there in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come. There will come a day when God's patience will be at an end. He has been patient. He has withheld his final judgment. But that withholding will not be forever. The day of the Lord will come. And the final judgment that was promised in the Scriptures that we talk about today, again, the final judgment will come. And then, then it will be forever too late to repent. Forever too late to turn to the Lord. And we do not know when that day is. We read that the day will come like a thief, Like a thief in the night, which doesn't mean secret and silent. This is going to be a huge thing. It will come unexpectedly. We don't know when the thief is going to break in. It will come unexpectedly. So today is the day to repent. Today is the day to turn to God because only those who are found in Him have hope in this final judgment. That judgment described in verse 7, by the same word the heavens and earth now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. The ungodly in that final day will forever be sent away into eternal judgment, a judgment that will never end. God is patient now, but His patience will come to an end. And when it does... When God comes in that final, glorious judgment to take all of his children to be with him, to send those who are the ungodly into eternal perdition, no one can ever say, I didn't have a chance. I didn't have the opportunity. God is patient. Even today, if you turn, if you repent, today is the day of salvation. No one can say to God, you didn't give me a chance. If only I had had one more day. God is patient. We do not know when that last day will be. It could be a year. It could be 10 years. It could be a 1,000 years. It could be today. Have we humbled our hearts before a patient God? Have we repented of our sins, turned to Jesus Christ, so that whenever that last day comes, whenever God's patience, as full as it is, comes to an end, we know we know for sure we will be taken to be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all eternity. We have a patient God that that today is still the day of grace. His patience is a blessing for those who have not yet believed, for He calls you today, put your faith in Him. It's a blessing for us who are believers as we see God working His ways out in our life, And yet we know that in all of these blessings, there's the warning as well, but the day of the Lord will come. And then, then our patient, loving, long-suffering God, when the wrath has been filled, will come and judge the world. And only those in Jesus Christ will withstand that judgment for the glory of God. Do not presume, my friends, upon the patience of our God. Let's join together in prayer. Lord God, you are great, you are glorious, and you are majestic. We are in awe of all of your perfections. And as we see your patience, demonstrated throughout the history of your way with your people how for hundreds of years you would wait before bringing judgment and captivity we know you are doing the same for us you are still waiting not because you ignore sin not because you excuse sin but that we might repent of our sins Lord God, if there are those who are today who are still stubbornly hardening their hearts Against the Lord Jesus Christ, would you today remind us that there is a final judgment coming? Yes, you are merciful, but you are also just. May the fullness of who you are, Lord God, move our hearts to embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. May your patience move us as believers toward a greater desire to live in a way that's pleasing to you. And in all of this, O God, we pray that you might demonstrate and give glory unto yourself, for truly you are a patient God. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.